Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. All right, we are live. So as people are tuning in, welcome to another episode of the Managing Partners Podcast. Today, I'm going to have a special guest, Jeffrey Gross out of Philadelphia. Jeffrey, or Jeff, as I've been calling him. Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, yeah, you can call me Jeff. That's fine. And I uh, appreciate you for having me on. Yes, sir. So yeah, right into it. Let's uh, learn more, introduce yourself and how you got into this. How did you get to where you are today? All right. Well, as you indicated, my name is Jeff Gross. I've been doing this for 31 years. I handle workers' compensation claims and litigation. It's really my specialty, and it's really the only thing that I do. So it's very super specialized. I got involved with workers' compensation uh, way back when because of my grandfather. My grandfather wasn't a lawyer. He wasn't interested in workers' compensation. He was an assembly line worker for a local ma- uh, bread manufacturing company called Bond Bread. And back in the 1950s, this woman who was working at the plant, back then you had to have uh, – all your, they all women had long hair back then for some reason, and you had to have your women your uh, hair up in a bun or in a, in a net. And she didn't have her hair in a net; she had her hair long, and unfortunately got it caught in the assembly line process. And the assembly line process kind of ripped her hair and her scalp right off, and it was mm. a very traumatic experience. My grandfather was the foreman of the assembly line back then. He saw what was going on. He stopped the presses. He ran down, grabbed her, wrapped her scalp, picked her up. She's bleeding all over the place. Rushed her to his. Mm. Car without passing go, drove her to the hospital, waited five hours for them to sew her scalp back on, all bloody, and brought her a teddy bear and some flowers, and then went to the management and said, you really need to take care of this woman. She really got messed up. And the response was, she wasn't following protocol, wearing a hair. Oh, I can't hear you. How about now? Better? Oh, yeah. There you go. All right. <laughs> we got interrupted. And uh, as a result of him going to them, they said, no, she's not going to be covered. She wasn't wearing mm. her hairnet. She violated our policy, and we're not going to give her any workers' coverage. And he was livid. And from that day forward, he put it in the back of his head. And when I graduated law school, he said, you know, you can do anything you want. You could be a corporate lawyer. You could be a criminal lawyer. But the little guy needs your help. And he was referring to injured workers. He told me the story. He said, I'm not, I don't want to tell you what to do, but they're the ones that really need your help. Sorry, we got interrupted again. I got <laughs> You're I a busy guy. moved by that yeah. whole story. Yeah, sorry. I was very moved by that whole experience. So I decided that's what I wanted to do. And I slowly got into it. I took on a case with a over-the-road truck driver driving from Colorado to New York City in a tractor trailer delivering uh, beer. And uh, while he was trying to make good time on the uh, Brady in Pennsylvania, he fell asleep at the wheel because he was going nonstop from Colorado to New York. His truck, tractor trailer, and his, uh, the whole the whole rig flipped over the embankment, and he he basically flipped over several times, almost died. They airlifted him to the University of Pennsylvania Hospital, where they did all kinds of surgery on him and they refused to pick up the claim saying that he had violated their policy by falling asleep at the wheel and you know you're not allowed to sleep on the job and of course it was their policy that said if you get there fast we will reward you with extra money and so I brought that claim I remembered what my grandfather had told me I was really really interested in this poor guy and in his welfare and so at the end of the day we got into court and it was the most unbelievable experience I had ever had this was my first actual case for workers comp back in the early early, early 90s. And I um, I remember the judge dismissing everybody in the courtroom 
including the family and my client, and he berated the other side for coming up with such a ridiculous defense to this petition. And the attorney <laughs> said, I'm sorry, judge, I can't, I can't do anything about it. My client won't pick up this claim, won't pay this claim. And he said, okay, Mr. Gross, go ahead and fulfill your uh, obligation and, and satisfy the burden of proof. And I litigated the whole claim and I won everything I could imagine plus some. And uh, it was very rewarding. That was, it was at that time that I decided this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. So now I represent injured workers who've had disabling injuries at work and it's very rewarding. I love what I do. One of the few lawyers that love what they do. <laughs> well, that's, that's an amazing story. So, you know, what sets you on this path and, and makes you so passionate about it. So that's really cool. I mean, it's a, not a good story, of course, in the beginning, but it's, it's what got you interested in this. So pretty cool. Obviously check out Jeff at this website here. I'll post that in the comments as well. Check out his firm in uh, Philly. Uh, so, so you kind of covered a little bit of your firm and basically what you, what you covered is your firm cover other uh, practice areas or is it, or is that specifically what you, you focus our, on? Our niche is workers' compensation. Yeah. Our niche is workers' compensation. We handle workers' compensation soup to nuts from the beginning aspects of the claim till the appeal process and any, any kind of litigation on the appeal to settlement of the entire claim. And it's, it's a great practice. Nice. And do you obviously practice in the state of Pennsylvania? Do you mainly focus in the Philadelphia area? Or do you kind of cover the whole state uh, as far as the cases well, are concerned? I assume you get referrals probably uh, all, all around. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, we do a lot, mostly referral work. Uh, most of the attorneys that refer cases to us are ones that do not handle workers' compensation claims. Most of the attorneys that refer to me handle third-party litigation, which we usually in turn refer back to those attorneys. So it's a very nice referral practice because the attorneys that do not handle the workers' compensation claims are very happy to send those claims to us. We handle them, like I said, from soup to nuts. We pay a referral fee to their to the attorney that's referring it. At the same time, when we have a third-party claim that arises out of a work-related injury, we'll refer those back to the attorneys that refer us those claims. Fair. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. And yeah, I, I hear quite a bit of, of that uh, from law firms all around the country, especially ones that specialize, that they, they get quite a bit of referrals when they do so versus, you know, some of the firms have, you know, 30 different practice areas that they, they focus on. So very cool. So next question is really uh, any any trends that you see. So in these trends, you know, maybe economic, it could be you know, government related. Oh, anything you see positively affecting your firm or negatively affecting your firm that you see, you know, happening? You know, obviously COVID aside, I, I would say. <laughs> well, actually with COVID, I see trends. And as a matter of fact, the whole COVID element has brought upon a trend with workers' compensation. Uh, okay. Unfortunately, because as you have surmised, most courts have been closed during the COVID pandemic. Workers' compensation was not closed. Workers' compensation decided, the, the, the powers that be, decided that they would uh, do virtual hearings. We would have virtual depositions. We would have virtual mediations. I meet with my clients virtually uh, so that they don't have to come into my office. I have everybody sign fee agreements and authorizations by DocuSign. I have my clients execute the documents that needed to be affidavits uh, that are necessary for the for the process 
all done by DocuSign. When we have our hearings, the, the hearings, the uh, documents get uploaded into the workers' compensation automated integration system, and then the judge has all the exhibits, and the judge can look at them, make a ruling. We have our briefs filed online. It's an amazing trend towards the electronic <laughs> practice of law. And what I've noticed most, most interestingly, to answer your question about trends, is that I kind of am able to do this now throughout the entire state. Pennsylvania is a relatively big state. I mean, it mm -hmm. takes six hours to get from Philadelphia to Erie, and I would never normally do that to handle a, a hearing. I would normally refer that out to another workers' compensation uh, firm out in Erie. But with the advent of the pandemic and the virtual hearings, I've been able to take cases in Pittsburgh and in Erie and in Scranton and in other parts of the state that I would normally not get to, and I'm able to handle those cases competently through the virtual process, and it's, it becomes a lot more efficient. So everybody across the state that practices workers' compensation, while the pandemic is not a good thing, was very happy with the on, onset of this virtual practice, because now we can do this in a much more productive manner. If what would otherwise take me a day to handle a hearing out in Erie, I can handle in 10 minutes from my office or even from my house if I needed to. I have a studio in my house with a, an office that's conducive <laughs> to he, hearings and, and broadcasts such as this. As you can see, we're in my office right now, but I can certainly handle this from my home and it makes things a lot easier. I'm more productive and the clients are happier because they don't have to come in to center city Philadelphia and battle the traffic and, and whatever else there is uh, in order to come see me. They can just face, they can FaceTime me or they can go on to one of my Zoom links or, or some other social media platform that will allow them to have a direct contact with me from their own home. So it works, yeah. it's been working out very nicely and the, the trend has been very good that way yeah it's um and what i've been hearing too so i'll hear a lot of that and all the different ways people are connecting with you know with their clients and customers and then also that it's kind of forced a lot of firms you know forced them into the future pretty quickly and as well as the the courts as well where you know so i was talking to a gentleman uh last last week and he was like yeah I'd probably you know take the courts five or ten more years before they would get some of the technology or allow for a virtual hearings and stuff like that and now it's overnight that you know some of these things had to be put in place so so yeah while uh and and this what i've heard too yeah while the pandemic is not not a good thing there has been some uh, positive side effects i guess if you will right so, so now at the end of the pandemic there's a whole scuttlebutt on what's going to happen are we going to go back to where we were before are we going to maintain our uh, virtual presence and you would be surprised how many people are in the camp that says let's let's keep it this way it's more productive it's we can get yeah. a lot more done and you know it's it's we're just more efficient generally yeah it's definitely I'm in, I'm in my home office right now I was at the office this morning and I was spending maybe three days a week in the office uh, but it I was five days a week in the office and never even considered being at home unless I needed to be I and mean, it's kind of changed up yeah our whole kind of thought process and I have you know I have employees around I think five four or five different states anyway so it's for us it was you know it's natural i guess but it's kind of changed our thinking on expanding office space and our footprint from that standpoint so so we're really kind of leaning towards the option of you're either a remote worker or you're going to come report to the corporate office and i think we're mostly looking at leadership for that uh, that would have to report so yeah very interesting stuff has changed a lot of businesses very quickly and including yours so really cool to see that opens you up to uh really doing more ca more cases in a shorter amount of time really so right what 
So you kind of covered a little bit this question, how you get new clients. So it seems like you're really heavy in referrals. Uh, is there any outside of the referrals and, and kind of getting where you are now, is there another way you intake clients uh, through marketing, advertising, things like that? Yeah. I mean, I'm not on billboards and I am, you know, I don't do that kind of marketing, but I do a lot of internet. I have a big internet presence, so I'm all over the internet. I've been getting my clients a lot from that element as well. But the majority, like you said, was the referrals. It's nothing like a good recommendation from another lawyer who listened to the facts of a case and said, hey, this is a case for Jeff. Let me send it to him. So um, yeah. yeah, works out. Yeah, you, you can't you can't be in a referral. That's just, I built my whole business on referrals and to this day, referrals is the best thing you can get. It's just at some point you get to the, to the size that, you know, referrals are great, but you know, there's only so many. So you, you kind of have to go to that next level and say, all right, how do we, how do we get in front of people when they're looking for us and when they need us? So yeah. I'll tell it. you, I'll tell you the one good thing about my practice is that I'm very selective in the cases that I take. And the reason I'm selective is because I'm not a mill. I don't take a huge volume of these cases for the sake of running the numbers and making my overhead satisfied. I take cases because they're meritorious and because there's a reason why my representation is needed. So there's a lot of these firms that will take cases because they have to fulfill the volume requirement and and meet their overhead nut and yeah. uh, I don't I don't do that I concentrate on the the actual case merits themselves so that helps with regard to my success rate as well which is very yeah high. yeah no that's good uh, that you're you're selective you're not just any all the low level or just any case that comes to the door that you're you're jumping on all of them so I, I've heard I've heard some where they uh, some firms that have like seven, eight full-time people just screening calls, you know, from all the leads that they, they spend money to generate. But it it's a lot to work them down to like, what's the real cases that they can go after or want to go after. So- and uh, the yeah, other element is, yeah, the other element is that I have a personal relationship with all of my clients. So I give them all my cell phone number, which is very rare for lawyers to do because I encourage communication. I think communication solves a lot of issues and problems. And so they all have my <laughs> my phone number, my cell number. And if they need me, they can get me anytime. And I, you'd be surprised that none of them really abuse it. They all call <laughs> me when they really need me. And I, they text me often. Uh, texting is another good advent of the trend. I, I can answer a lot more clients' questions with, with texting than I can by calling each and every one of them. But one of the good things is that by, by communicating with all of them, I bring them in as if they're part of my family. And I treat my clients as if they are part of my family. And if you ask any of my employees or, or my staff or my, or my attorneys that work for me, you will see that we are one big happy family. So it works out very well that way. Absolutely. And I, communication is huge. I know within my business, you know, communication is something that always trying to work on and always trying to improve and it's just always seems you know if I can find a root of an issue or with a with a client or a situation then it usually comes back to some kind of communication or breaking communication so I, I love that that's that's great that you're doing that and can able you know give that number out and I'm gonna give that number out here in a few minutes so <laughs> call Jeff please, if you need please to feel free to do that <laughs> yeah oh here Exactly. You can reach Jeff and I'll post this uh, at the end too. But yeah, how, how about that? Jeff puts his cell phone out. Got to get a hold of him. That's, that's excellent. So if you need help, anyone watching or, or this show or, or uh, another managing partner, attorney in Pennsylvania or outside of Pennsylvania that has a good referral for Jeff. You know, that's right. We also handle, also handle New Jersey claims. Okay. Case, uh, you wanted to know that too. I did not know that. So uh, I do have a couple questions coming in here. So uh, this is from Sean Ragsdale. So B2B referrals.
referrals versus client referrals. So I guess, so you have other law firms sending referrals, but I would assume based on what you told me uh, that I assume your clients also are, are sending some referrals. My clients send a lot of referrals. Uh, you'd be surprised the linkage that, that exists from client to client. To, there's, a, there's one particular family. I don't know how they all have all these issues, but I represent <laughs> this one family. They have, I'm going to say 10 people in their family have had issues uh, with regard to workers' compensation. And they'll also call for other problems and I'll refer them to other lawyers to handle those specific issues. But the, definitely clients will re- will send me their friends and family, coworkers. I've had a lot of that. Which means you're doing a good job. You're communicating and they're willing to tell someone else to reach out to you if they have a problem. So that's how referrals work. Absolutely. <laughs> and same with the lawyers. I'm going to refer you stuff. If exactly. You don't do a good job. They, they trust that you're going to do a good job. There's another one from Sean here. Uh, what's the lingo? He says workers comp or workman's comp. Ever hear one use more than the other? Well, no, that's a very interesting question. <laughs> a very interesting question. The real answer is workers compensation and it's worker apostrophe S compensation. Nobody gets it right. But interestingly, when I, you know, when, when you're, when you're marketing through a website, they'll put in workman's compensation, work comp, WC, all kinds of lingo. And <laughs> at one time I said, why is there all of these different terms that you're using for the same thing? Why don't you just be consistent and say workers' compensation? And the answer was, well, people search different items. People search for workman's comp. So it's the, the real answer is workers' compensation. Excellent. Okay, good. That I, I would, I wasn't sure about that either once. That's all the question. So yeah, at, you know, we do marketing, we do SEO, we do all that stuff. That's that's what my company does, and it's all about what the potential client is searching and how they're searching. So yeah, hundred percent. Just like what you're saying is, you know, you you gotta be, if you want to show up when when they're searching, you need to know what their habits are and, and try to you know at least there's gonna be a half a dozen, maybe a dozen different ways that people are gonna search for it. Same client, just different way that they think based on what they've been educated on and, and what people have said to them. So. Uh, yeah, that's where it gets a little difficult. And then you need to rank for those. You need to have ads or, or SEO. You need to rank for those specific different searches. And they always, you know, Google's pretty smart. So it's it's just leading up to one, you know, the, the correct search. But but yeah, that's pretty interesting how you have to account for all that stuff. I'll so tell you thing is that yeah. people, I'm sorry. No, you, yeah, go ahead. Search unemployment compensation. Yeah, people will also search unemployment compensation thinking they mean workers' compensation. And so you have to account for those kinds of inquiries also. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think the thing, yeah, people, they're not, if they're not educated, they think this is what they're looking for or they've been told by someone. So yeah, you just gotta, you gotta be there when they're, when they're searching for the right thing or something, a variant of that. And then you get that call and you say, oh, actually here's what you're looking for. And then you can hopefully refer them off to uh, another law firm as well. Right. So is there, you know, you, you, I know you, you said you're online, uh, you checked out your website. Is there a particular marketing strategy that's worked well? And I'll just kind of uh, load that with what has worked well for you. Is it advertising or is it SEO or is social media performed at all? Like what, from a digital standpoint, I guess, has produced? Definitely SEO. There's too many, you know, websites out there that don't have appropriate SEO applications and they just exist. And you might find them three pages down the road. Uh, and that's not a, that's not an efficient posting. And that listing would be flawed if if you just leave it there, you have to really do things you have to write articles. You have to have some kind of informational element where I can give information out. And that's part of the SEO package. So the, the more in content that I put on my site, the more I stream that content, both in, on Facebook and on LinkedIn 
and Twitter and, and other other places, that's that's how the SEO starts to develop and it, and it expands that way. Yeah, I love that. So you're repurposing too. So you're not just you know writing an article, but you're you're getting that information out on Facebook, Twitter, and, and other places as well, so that you're dispersing that same information more than one place, right? So yeah, very good strategy. Um, right. We do that with this show. <laughs> so we will we're live right now, right? And then we'll this will be on YouTube, LinkedIn. And then we'll develop a dozen pieces of content. This goes on a website. You'll have your own page. So we, you know, repurpose all that and, and disperse it as much as we can. So yeah, great strategy, repurposing, um, great SEO strategy as well. So really cool. I, I expected that would be your answer was SEO. So one, one of the other things that I do is I'm, I'm frequently on the radio. I have a radio show that I that I do monthly and I am on, I'm a guest on another firm's radio show uh, cool. that they do periodically. And I'm also a guest guests on a, my medical coordinator has her show and I'm, I'm, I'm on that. And so I'm constantly on the radio. Uh, and that definitely helps. That helps to bridge the gap between the referral network. So if I'm, if I'm hosting a show, let's say, I will have a, a third party attorney that will be my guest on the show. And I usually try to pick people that I really don't know that well. And mm -hmm. I develop a rapport with them. And at the end of the show, we end up having a nice business relationship where uh, he, either he or she and I will exchange cases and refer cases back to each other i love that that's a good strategy yeah i like that a lot so yeah, yeah. and and just uh to be honest this is where we're you know we like to come on and, and meet you know managing partners and other attorneys and how are you doing what you're doing? How are you marketing? How are you growing your firm? Uh, it gets us to, uh, you're familiar with, with me and us and it gets us in front of you. And, and then we're also learning, we're looking for anything that we you know can use that can help us. Hey, wow, they're doing something different. It's unique. So uh, yeah, very good strategy. I like that a lot. Um, I had a uh, friend of mine here in my area, Virginia Beach, Norfolk area, uh, who is a financial planner in his own business. And he had uh, hooked up with a magazine where they would do a whole page spread, say on someone like yourself. And he would ha he would go in and interview them for the write up of the magazine. Well, then he was and he was sitting with like these CEOs and owners. Well, he's a financial planner. So <clears throat> he get to have all these conversations. And and his part of the deal was they might say, hey, well, what do you do? You know, oh, well, I'm a financial planner and I work with CEOs and <laughs> so, like, so yeah, it was it worked very well for his business uh, to him, you know, to get featured in a magazine, but he got to do the interviews. Um, and I think he even paid money to the magazine to get that opportunity. But it, I think it, it did a very good job for him. So love that strategy. Uh, I got another question here from Sean's asking a lot of questions. I like it. Is that the who's who in Philly labor show? Oh, would that be the show? It is. It is. <laughs> There's a who's who in Philly labor show. There's a uh, lawyer to lawyer network show that I'm involved in. Then my Philly lawyer, who is the firm that I generally co-broadcast with is a, is a third one. So yeah, there's that's one of them. <laughs> Excellent. Good research, Sean. So you're all over the airwaves. You're everywhere. That's good. I like it. I haven't been to Philly in quite a long time. <laughs> and obviously since the pandemic, I haven't ventured out too much, but uh, I, I do like up there. It's been quite a while since I've been there. All right. Last question. Or, I don't know take you out for a cheesesteak i'm down with that i can definitely do that it's not too far where i'm in virginia so at where i'm from it's only a few hours honestly sure. so we'll arrange something anything on your agenda uh you know it, you are uh, how many partners you have there with your firm i, I missed that i didn't hear you oh i'm sorry uh how how many uh, folks are with your firm so i have four attorneys that that handle workers compensation and they have they're very competent they've been doing it for years uh i have a bunch of support staff in and I have a medical coordination team that I use to handle the medical aspect 
the man, medical management aspect of my client's cases. So if there's an MRI that's needed, they get it like that. If there's an EMG that's needed or there's therapy or there's you know, other diagnostic studies or, or sur surgical consults, we'll arrange for all of that. And oh, it works out okay. really nicely. It's like a, a well-oiled machine. <laughs> I like it. Uh, any uh, plans, any agenda items, I guess, for this year or coming years, uh, new strategies, marketing strategies, growth? You know, you got any, what's, what's the goals looking like for the next next year or so? So I've been planning my, I, I have a whole strategy with regard to my business development of my firm. And, you know, I, I certainly don't want to grow too quickly because then I won't be able to satisfy the demand for the claims, but I've been able to, from the get-go, from 31 years ago, slowly grow the firm. And I have a, I started off by, uh, if I could, if I could sign two cases a week and settle one case a week, I'm on a nice little growth pattern. At this time, it's growing a lot more than that. I have, you know, many cases I sign a week and many cases that I settle, but I always try to focus on signing more cases than I'm settling. The compensation for my firm is done on a hybrid basis and very well diversified. I look at this as the as a marketable approach, marketable securities approach. So the weekly benefit checks that my clients get, that would be construed as bond income. And the lump sum settlements that come into play, those are construed generally as as, as growth stocks. And so by having a combination of yeah. both, I'm able to continuously have an, have an autonomously run company such that uh, the firm works really well and, and, it's, and it grows smoothly without any hiccups. Once it gets past a certain point where people are really pulling their hair out, we'll add more people, we'll add more attorneys, uh, and it's been working out great. I can't complain. The very, very awesome strategy. I like that a lot. So um, I think that's something that, you know, we we used to always be a project or hourly based firm ourselves. And and um, it sounds like what you have more now is it's it's more predictable, long term revenue versus, you know, just, you know, quick hits or or whatever. So that's right. interesting. Yeah, thanks yeah. for sharing so, that. So, so yeah, the, the structure of the claim. Yeah, the structure of the claims are such that uh, there's a handful or more than a handful. There's a whole bunch of clients that are getting weekly benefits and they get you know two, you get two-thirds of your gross average weekly wage and workers compensation and so while they're getting their benefits and i'm getting 20 percent of that there's a whole bunch of those fees that come in on a weekly basis but then at the end of the day the insurance companies and my clients both would like to leave the system on amicable terms where they make a lump sum settlement move on <laughs> okay yep we're back sorry about that That's so right. uh, we, i put the phone number, a, number up uh, and people are calling you there you go. And so we we have a situation where we get a um, the settlements as well. And so if you combine the two, it's a very nice, stable uh, way of practicing. So for my clients, it's a great thing because they don't have to worry about the stability of the firm. For my referring attorneys, that's great because then they'll see a referral stream and then they'll get a lump sum. And it yeah, works out it. really, really well. Excellent. I love it. Thanks for sharing that. I didn't, I honestly, that's something new for me. So I didn't, I didn't know that you, there was those different ways to handle that. So, all right, well, I don't want to take up too much of your time and I still want to chat with you after this. So just hang on once we end live, but um, anything that you'd like to share? One of the things I wanted to mention out is you got your pilot's license. That's pretty cool. But anything else you want to share uh, that's coming up? Anything, any big news with the firm, anything you'd like to share uh, there? If not, we'll, we'll kind of post some information about how to contact you and we'll wrap it up. Sure. I mean, you mentioned I got my, my pilot's license. That's really what I wanted to do when I was a kid. I wanted to be a pilot. I was fascinated with airplanes. And, you know, my mother and my grandmother and my grandfather and my father all said, oh, no, no. 
you can't be a pilot. It's too dangerous. Why don't you be a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant, you know, uh, something along those lines. And so when I was in college, I was actually pre-med and decided this isn't for me. I was too much into, interested in the business element. So I became a business and accounting double major and focused on business. And after I, after I graduated, I decided I'm going to law school for other various reasons. And so I became a lawyer and I used my business background to do what I'm doing. But I've always wanted to be a pilot. So in 2004, I ended up I literally finishing court early and I went out. It was a beautiful, beautiful, premature sunny day in the 60s in March uh, in 2004. And I went out and I just watched, I used to watch the planes take off and land. I'm a little weird though, that way. And so I decided, <laughs> you know what, I'm going to go in and talk to talk to the, uh, the director. And I did. And I said, hey, I'm really interested in getting my license. And sure enough, he said, let's go for a ride. I went for a ride. I said, here's my credit card. Next thing I knew, five months later, I had my pilot's license. And I wow, that's awesome. Thing. Yeah. So you got to fly that. Fun. Same day when smaller. you, I was saying when you said you wanted to fly that day, they just say, "Hey, let's go." That's cool. They said, let's go. And they took me <laughs> up. And as a matter of fact, I've used it several times for clients. I took a case out in Western Pennsylvania back way back when. And it was such a significant case that I felt the necessity for me to go out there instead of referring it to a local council out there. And I literally flew out there. And when I landed, my client was in a wheelchair on the tarmac with his wife waiting for me. And it was like, I, I was like a superhero flying in and helping this guy. <laughs> and he was so grateful that I personally came out to help him. I'll never forget it. It was one of the most rewarding things ever. That's really cool. So, real good. So also, you can fly here, get me, and then we'll go back and have lunch in Philly. There you go. All right. That. I'll be waiting. Okay. I'll, I'll wait the runway. <laughs> Well, Jeff, man, thanks so much for coming on. It's uh, been a really interesting story, and uh, you, it seems like you love what you do, and you got a great practice, and uh, so kudos to that, and, and wish you all the best. If you want to contact Jeff, he's uh, gracious enough to give out his cell phone number, uh, so reach out to him. Again, if uh, uh, you're an attorney, Jeff looks like a good person you refer to. Also, check them out at their website address. I'll put that in the comments as well for everybody to be able to go check that out. I'll do that right now, and there we go. I'll just put that in the comments. So that links out in the comments for anyone watching. And if you are a lawyer, managing partner, need some help with your marketing, that's what we do. ArrayLaw.com. Check us out and uh, we'll be happy to take a look at what you got. So if that's all, we'll see you guys soon. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. Appreciate you having me.